Welcome to Sky Talkers Fulcrum Files, where Caitlin and Charlotte break down the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. An in-depth discussion commencing in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers Fulcrum Files, where we are discussing the latest and last season of Star Wars Rebels. I am your host, Caitlin. And I'm Charlotte, and we are here to talk about the two episodes that just premiered, um, The Occupation and Flight of the Defender. We're back on Laval. <laughs> yeah, back on Laval. Can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. We're going to yes. get into it. It's going to be great. Uh, but, but first... first... <laughs> okay. But first... <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte owes us a 20-second recap of these two episodes. Okay, so because these two episodes, I'm just, this is a caveat. These two episodes <laughs> were, like, packed with a lot of action and a lot of stuff happened, so I'm not going to get through it in 20 seconds. Sounds I just, like It's not going to happen. Sounds like I'm not, you're giving up. Okay, but the last <laughs> two, two episodes were, like, conjoined, and these uh-huh. aren't necessarily. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. I'm putting on the timer. All right. Three, two, one. Ezra and the ghost crew find themselves going back to Lethal. Ezra clearly feels a longing there, and then the entire crew goes in, gets in really awesome disguises. Lothcats are hilarious and super helpful when Ezra and Sabine team up to steal the Navi computer or whatever from the TIE defenders, and then somehow all this weirdness happens, and they ride off on a Lothwolf. Okay. Timer done. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome costumes. <laughs> did I say costumes? I don't even know. What did I, I say? I think you said costumes or just dis- you said whatever it was. Disguises. It was really awesome disguises slash costumes or something. <laughs> okay, so what I <laughs> what I miss. Um, I mean, you definitely hit the high points, but you definitely missed a lot too. Like. When they were in the bar at Old Joe's place. Oh, yeah. Not a bar. I don't think it's really considered a bar. Um, and the whole tunnel chase scene with uh, Cal. Is that his name? Cal? I don't know. Caitlin. The kid? I don't Cal, know. Cal? I can't remember. Um, and the Tide Defender chase scene, which was awesome. And they're stealing the hyperdrive. Oh, no. And the Nava computer. Both, right? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. They tried to steal yeah. it. But you forgot the hyperdrive. It's okay. I thought the main objective was the Navi computer, and then they stored away the other part. They're anyway. The main objective. Oh, and Thrawn. Thrawn was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Kanan and Hera almost made out. So close. Oh, my so God. So close. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our part one which is two highs and one low. The way this series works is that we do part one, where we talk about our highs of the episode and the one thing that we kind of didn't like about the episodes. And then in part two, we talk about the story. And in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark belief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. Okay, Caitlin, you can go first this time. What was your first high? My first high, I think, had to be the action in these two episodes between the tunnel chasing um, and the TIE Defender when Sabine and Ezra were in it. I just had so much fun with them. I thought they were so great. Yeah. Uh, especially, I think I've said this every episode so far of Fulcrum Files, but Ezra and his Force skills have really been impressing me this season, especially with the ladder inside the tunnel when he just swooshed and off it went. And I'm pretty sure he climbed up the tunnel or something when they were fighting those stormtroopers. It yeah. was just all really great. And... It- and and then like uh, when they got up the tunnel, <laughs> Kanan and and Ezra like deflected blaster fire like at the t- it was just really cool the way they like flew up the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, it was it was no problem whatsoever. Uh, yeah. I also really loved just having all of the ghost crew down there together. Yeah, it was great, and um, I I I I agree. Like I think that the action in this episode was like very gripping. I feel that way about every episode this season. It's like. Really, I just think that they're really killing it on the action, which I think is kind of hard to do in animation because the stakes are 
inevitably kind of lower because it's not a real people. And but I, I genuinely feel the high stakes with the action in mm-hmm. both of these episodes. And I think that is really testament to Lucasfilm. It's great. So what was your first high? Um, my first high was the closed captioned ending of the you have to have on the captions to understand what he's saying. The Lothwolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I man. think that in, just like in general, I think that it is so cool that Dave Filoni and the entire team kind of give us fans that directive without actually giving it to us and like know that we'll find that sort of Easter egg and. I just think it's really, it was really mystical and cool, and I loved it's it. It's not even an Easter egg. It's going to be a thing with a capital yeah, it's a, T. Totally, but, like, you could completely watch that episode and be like, no idea what he just said. Also, you could totally think that it was Doom, D-O-O-M. Mm-hmm. Which I saw of- a couple of reviews that were like, and the and the Lothwolf said Doom at the end. What is that? Like, f- so eerie. <laughs> and then all these commenters <laughs> were like, no, it's Doom as in Caleb Doom. <laughs> yeah. And it's just Love like, it, that, that's so cool because I, I okay, got to admit, had to refresh my memory about what Kanan's like actual first or last name was before he changed his name. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And I like went on Wikipedia <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was freaking out. It was mm-hmm. so awesome, and it was really – it can't not be a highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, I was – so I was watching it um, early Monday morning before I was headed off to class, and I was running late. And so the episode ended, and I pretty much had to run out the door. And, the, that you know, they said the Doom thing, and I had the, the um, subtitles on, and I was like – what? And for a second, I thought it was some reference to Dune, D-U-N, and my subtitles were misspelled because it was early. I wasn't thinking straight and I was running late. And But then <laughs> when I was in the car driving to class, it re- I realized that it was really Doom and I had a minor freak out in my car. And I was like, Doom, where have I heard? <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but it was I am I cannot wait for what this means. I'm very excited. <laughs> I know. I, I freaked out. It was great. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's your next high? Oh, my next high were, are totally the Lothcats or Lothcats. It has Oh my to god, be same. Same. Really? That's my second high. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. They uh so cute. <laughs> I I struggle between Loth. I feel like we should just put this on the table because it's. I don't know whether it's Lothcat because it's Lothwolf, but sometimes people say Lothwolf. They said or Loth, Lothcat. Loth they said episode. But it's it's Lothal. Like it's just really confusing. <laughs> Loth, I, Loth, Lo, Lothal. This is hard. They yeah. say Lothcat <laughs> and Lothwolf in this episode. And I, they kind of say Lothal. Sometimes it just changes all the time and yeah. whatever. But at the same, but totally, like the the Lothcats are amazing and have so, so much personality, cute. and they're so cute. Like what the heck? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this thing I was a little confused about was the was the cat, the Lothcat, the white Lothcat controlling the Loth Wolf because they. Whatever the loth cat did, the loth wolf did. Uh, I don't think so. I think that they're just in- interconnected the way that like creatures okay. are. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I thought too when I was like, well, maybe. I wouldn't put it past Star Wars to do something <laughs> like that. I wouldn't put it past Dave to do something like that. But I don't know. It was it was cool. And how Ezra said, follow the white loth cat. <laughs> I know. It was like so hashtaggy. Like, hey, Dave, we Dave's see this. Been, Dave's been setting us up for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay, so since we both have the same second high, what was your low for the episodes? Okay, so my low isn't necessarily like episode specific, but general. Um, I think that I have like a gripe about how we're really rushing through this last season. And with these with this release schedule being the way that it is, I like... I like the hour-long episodes, but with this, I, w- I kind of think that I would have liked it over 
two weeks. Um, and it just kind of makes me sad, like thinking about how this whole season we are moving so fast through all these characters and stories. And I just feel like they don't really have a lot of time to breathe before we're on to the next one or they're promoting the next one. And mm-hmm. it's just the two at a time thing is just kind of frustrating to me personally um I just want the people who worked on the show for like a year plus to kind of get that glory for as long as they can like they deserve a week of everyone talking about one episode rather than a week of people talking about two episodes it's just I wish there was just a little bit of like breathing room yeah yeah and I mean I think that's totally due in part to The Last Jedi yeah which makes sense but it's also like you could have started this season earlier. Completely. It's like, come on, just start this season in like July. We all wanted it. There was nothing really going mm-hmm. on. They could come have on. even started it in August or September. They still would have had enough time. Yeah, it's just you like know? annoying. And um, I mean, I I like it's weird because like I don't want to complain about like too much Rebels because I'm so happy to get a longer version of Rebels and have like a like a substantial, basically hour-long show every week. It's great. But at this, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, like a lot of stuff happened in these two episodes. And they're, I think they're actually two episodes, not like one, because they're, they're, it's not really part one, part two. Um, I can see myself returning to Flight of the Defender more than The Occupation. Um, I don't know. I just, it makes me kind of sad that we're just kind of rushing through Buzzing and through. not saving. Yeah. 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 I agree. Okay, so what was yours? And I think, well, just a last note, I'll be interested interested to see if they continue with the two-part schedule in spring. Me too, because it's like, we'll be, I, I think that they will, because again, they're rushing for the Han Solo for movie, Han which Solo. comes out in May. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, the, which is just really unfortunate, because that's going to be the end, the final part, mm-hmm. and we're just going to breeze through it okay well let's not make me sad let's not. i know i know <laughs> uh okay so my low for the episode is really more to do with the occupation and that was i really wanted more of a moment for the ghost crew to really dwell on the fact that they are on lethal to stay and yeah. what that really means for all of them especially characters like sabine who we just spent a lot of time building up the fact that she does still have this family, this blood family out there on Mandalore, um, who presumably are waiting for her to come back after she helps Ezra. But Ezra makes it very clear that, and so does Mon Mothma, that they are going to Lothal to stay. Mm-hmm. And the, in the first part of the occupation, there was, it's weird, this episode had this, it was such a setup episode for what's to come, but in a really great way. Like, I really enjoyed it. I know sometimes setup episodes are hit or miss, but I really think this one was a hit um, because you just, there was kind of this sense of foreboding and an ominous feeling kind of overarching over everything that the characters were doing. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that you knew they were going to Lothal and they were going back, and it was this place of destruction, and Lothal is gone, and Ezra even says, Mon Mothma tells him, you know, we're probably not going to be able to get you out. And he's like, I know. I'm going. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It was just, like, that was very mature, I think, for Ezra. And I wish that we had maybe seen some of the other characters struggle with that or even just bring it up. Um, yeah. They're like, yeah, this is what we need to do. Um, and I guess they do. They're like, we're coming with you, Ezra. But... That's a really big deal for all of them to basically give up the whatever else they have going on. Like, I mean, Hera and the Rebellion, what does that mean for her? Yeah, um, that's a good point. I, I I agree with that. I, I'm surprised that the occupation wasn't a two-parter. Just because there had been so much buildup to ret- returning to Lothal that mm-hmm. it was like... The second part of what happened in the episode really kind of felt very separate to me. Or the second part, meaning the flight of the Defender, um, felt very separate to me. And I, I agree. I feel like we, ha- we I wish we had some breathing room with all of the characters on Lothal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they didn't feel as separate to me. Um, I thought it flowed pretty nicely. And I, th- I do think we'll get those moments 
I'm hoping anyway that we get those moments with Sabine and whether or not they make it off of Lethal, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, like this is our stage for the rest of the season. Yeah. For the most part. Interesting. What's going to happen? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Deep and dark. <laughs> so let's move on to the story. We will not rest until we bring an end to the Empire, until we restore our Republic. Are you with me? Okay, part two, story. I will actually say that I was really invested in the story in these episodes. And usually we're all about characters, but Mm -hmm. I found myself thinking a lot about the plot points and really the bigger story of what's going on with the Rebellion and it kind of what I was talking about before with the fact that the Ghost Crew is now in Lothal until the end of Rebels, pretty much. So what stuck out to you? I guess I was thinking more about the Rebellion uh, for a lot of it and how, especially how they were using Sabine's symbol in the tunnels for one thing mm-hmm. and how that will eventually evolve into the Rebellion symbol. And so yeah. something like obviously – Old Joe and, and that rebel style are going to join up with the greater rebellion. And so how that is all going to come together in the end and whether or not that's something that happens because of maybe a sacrifice Kanan or Ezra or anyone else on the ghost crew makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like seeing the tie defenders and comparing them to the Death Star and just how adept they were. And I don't know. I thought – I thought – it was, Lothal served as a really great microcosm for everything else that was going on throughout the Empire's reign on these other planets. Yeah, I totally agree. I was really struck by old Joe's line. He's like, we got to get back to the base to like discuss what we're going to do and formulate a plan to blow up that world, the, the factory of the TIE Defenders. And Ezra's like, uh, there's no one else coming. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that line was so important to the broad spectrum of the rebellion because it was like they really are spreading themselves so thin in mm-hmm. these worlds like Lothal are kind of helpless. And that's it's just like that's what's going on right now. And it, that whole exchange like really painted a picture of like how risky Dyer. everything is. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting, too, because – and they talk about – Dave talks about this a lot and, and other members of Lucasfilm as well about how you have to it, – it's such a hard line with Rebels because you want to see the Rebellion succeed, but they can't really succeed until we get to A New Hope. Whereas when you're on Lothal, you can kind of have these bigger victories on a smaller scale in Lothal. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than for the whole rebellion. You know what I mean? So you kind of get that emotional payoff of seeing our characters have victory, but it's not impacting the the greater timeline of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which is what I think we'll end up seeing. Yes. Yes, I I agree. I don't know, like, if you can fully say that it's not going to impact the whole timeline. Like, I, I, I agree that... In regards to our conversation on the last Fulcrum Files, um, which I'm still thinking about in terms of thinking about these characters uh, independent of our, some of our favorite characters from the saga films, I I think that whatever we end up with at the end of Rebels will eventually have a meaning in the grand scheme of like the history of the galaxy. I, I definitely think that's true, or else like what they wouldn't have the show. Oh, yeah. But... Absolutely. I think, but I think that will be end of the series kind of success. Yeah. I'm talking about like the episode to episode kind of victories or even like mid season finale victories. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful because if the rebellion that Ezra and Kanan and Hera and everyone are all a part of keeps succeeding and succeeding and succeeding, it doesn't make their victory in A New Hope as monumental or even in Rogue One as monumental. So you have to be careful when and where. The rebels of rebels <laughs> have their moments, and I think you have a little bit more freedom for those day-to-day wins, if you will, when you're on Lethal. Yeah, it makes me think of a lot of the conversations that we heard Dave talking about when he was making the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, about like having to stay within the confines of that timeline, and I honestly think that he has a lot more freedom with Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it which is which is weird because I feel like people don't actually think that like they're like oh Clone Wars was filled with all these different like mysterious stories and like they were able to explore all these different timelines or like or like different you know what I mean when mm-hmm. I say timelines like okay they but with Rebels I think that they're actually not confined by the little things like Anakin can never see General Grievous or like any of those kind of things. And mm-hmm. I think overall it makes it a much better story. Anyway. <laughs> I think I agree um, with you. Rebel, or Clone Wars always felt bigger on a geographic sense. Yes. Whereas Rebels feel smaller but more character driven. I think that's actually a shift in Lucasfilm storytelling um, I feel that way about every yeah. single book that I've read. I feel that way in the new canon. I feel that way about even The Force Awakens. I feel like all these new media pieces that they keep putting out are very character-driven and very small scale. And I think that has to do a lot with just, like, it's honestly kind of safer <laughs> to, <laughs> to not be, like, bumping into all these different characters. And it's just, like, it it makes a lot of makes it easier for the future of storytelling. Um, but at the same time, there's this like extreme payoff into understanding all these different types of characters. Mm-hmm. It's a huge yeah. pro. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Okay, so let's talk about the Lothwolf. How <laughs> does this fit into Dave's overall story? And can we even tell yet how it fits in? <laughs> no. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> totally fits into Dave's story uh it fits into dave (laughs) dave has been waiting for this loath wolf (laughs) i don't know why i have such a hard time saying loath wolf Um, it just to me like i i love the loath wolf i think it was like an amazing addition to like the canon but it's just kind of ridiculous to say (laughs) it just feels a little too close to our world and i think that's where i trip up well, on Rebels Recon, they actually talked about that, about how a lot of the animals we see in Star Wars are kind of just our animals in our galaxy, but skewed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like with the owl, whose Star Wars name I forget, and the Loth cat. So it looks like a cat, but it's not really a cat. Yeah. Um, whereas the Loth wolf, Loth wolf, Loth wolf <laughs> is, <laughs> he's, like, he's a wolf. You know, it's he's probably the closest to what an actual giant wolf looks like in our world. Yeah, the real difference is the size. And and it's like but it's just so funny. And like even on Rebels Recon, I was so struck and I keep thinking about it, about how I think it was Dave. Maybe it was someone speaking about Dave, talking about this how. Is what you said in the last Fulcrum file. I know. Too. Like, here's what a the heck, about Dave? I think it was. Wait. Dave. <laughs> a lot of people like to talk about Dave on Rebels Recon <laughs> and have a lot of good things to say. And I mean, I'm not saying that Dave doesn't have good things to say. I just like remember those things too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the the the. The whole idea of wolves, like, equalize an ecosystem and are kind of, like, harmonizers. And I I just, like, I think that they – I don't – what am I even trying to say? Do you remember the quote? It was, like, about order. And, like, that's what – I don't remember this part of Rebels Recon at all. Maybe maybe it, like, happened in my mind. But, like, if you think about wolves in our culture, right, they are on national parks um, and they kind of, like – They live in They live on parks, (laughs) in parks, on top of parks. national (laughs) Yeah, they're in national parks. They're in regular parks, too. Okay. So – but the reason why they're introduced into ecosystems is to help, like, work work out, like, the circle of life and to, like, cut down, like, the on the extreme population of, like, deer and other animals and, like, level, level every sort of animal population. And I'm not saying that that's, like, the purpose of the wolves in Rebels, but there is something that's, like, very interesting about the balance that wolves bring to any ecosystem and I think that has something to do with the balance of like balance is obviously a very Star Warsy word like we hear it all the time so it has to link somehow 
This is your biology lesson from Charlotte in this Fulcrum Files about wolves and ecosystems. Okay, I swear it was in Rebel, Rebels Recon. I sure swear. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I just don't remember it. Yeah, well, I mean, the promos that we've seen with the wolves, they have the black wolves too. And then you have this white wolf. Um, and so it's people, of course, are talking about, you know, dark side loath wolves versus light side loath wolves. And and how there is some kind of mystic force something going on here on Lothal that the ghost crew is going to uncover. Much like with Bendu. Um, exactly. Before. So what I what I keep thinking about is I keep wondering if the Lothwolves will have something to do with killing Thrawn. Oh, I hope so. Oh, my God. <laughs> what What is the thing that he says to... It's ar- it, but it's, I think what Benzu says to Thrawn is its arms will surround you or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Benzu, um, Thrawn... Are you prophecy. searching it? Yeah. Okay. I see your defeat, like, many arms surrounding... Oh, my God, where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> I see your defeat like many arms surrounding you in a cold embrace. That's just so eerie. <laughs> it's so creepy. It's it like honestly so is the creepy. creepiest thing. It's so creepy. <laughs> All I can think about are like mass graves. Yeah. Or like being buried alive. Zombies. I mean, the thing is, is that there's no embrace from a wolf. That's the problem. I know. I know. But... We or, were talking about order, bringing back order. I know. Like, I can totally see, like, Thrawn dying or whatever by being, like, buried by all these Lothwolves, Lothwolves. What, what if it's all the ghosts of a past Jedi who just, like, bring him down into the depths of Lothal where he dies? Oh, my God. Okay, so how <laughs> do we think that the Lothwolf, re- like, what's up with the quote at the end? The doom quote. It's not even a quote. It's just a word. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, can I talk about my weird voice memo? Yes. <laughs> okay, so last week, I just want to preface that this was last week before this episode aired. Uh, at like 1 o'clock in the morning or something, I was thinking about Kanan and Hera and if they're going to get their happy ending, maybe not, and what happens to them. And so I start recording Charlotte this voice memo where I'm I'm so sleepy, I sound like I'm dead in the voice memo. <laughs> um, but I had this idea that maybe the reason why Kanan and Hera can't be together is that Kanan ends up being almost like burdened by the force. Burden is the wrong word, but he basically has to take up a guardship, a guardianship of something on Lethal. Um, protecting the forest or, or keeping it in balance or maybe protecting a temple, maybe Luke's temple. Well, there is a temple on Lothal. Yeah. And so maybe he has to, like, maybe he becomes, and I think the way I phrased it in the memo was, like, he becomes one with the force, but not in an Obi-Wan way, but more like in a Bendu way, I guess, or an Ahsoka way, honestly. <gasps> What if, what if, what if Ahsoka has become what Kanan is going to become, and they are like together and keeping something protected in the Force? What if that's honestly become, probably going to happen? Yeah, they become like they become. They are holding the Force together until Luke gets his ish together. Oh shoot! I, be- I bet that's what happens. It's like when Kanan makes the decision that he's going to. Um, like, become one with the Force or whatever. Um, and as he, like, says goodbye to Hera and Ezra and we all cry and he, like, steps into the light, he meets Ahsoka there and she explains to him what he has to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's a very viable theory. I think that like, is, too. Uh, and that's and so to bring it back to the wolf, Doom, Caleb Doom, if this is a wolf that is tied into the Force... I think that is kind of where this could go. And the wolf is going to be the one that starts appearing to Kanan. Interesting. It's like, why does the wolf appear to Ezra, though? Because Ezra has the connection to animals and Kanan can't see. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget this. Like, unfortunately, I always forget that Kanan can't see. And it's bad. It's just bad that I always... 
Because I just feel like they don't make it that obvious, except for in this last episode, actually. <laughs> they, they made a comment about it. But, I, like, I, yeah. I bet I bet Kaning gets his eyesight back at the very end to, like, say goodbye to Hera. Because they brought up this, like, I wish I could see you. Oh, my God. Kind of and I feel like that will probably be brought up again. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, the, the Loth Wolf breathed on Kanan and was able to, like, restore his eyesight in these final moments. Um, before he, like, puts on the guard, the temple guard's mask, right, from, like, mm-hmm. season two and, like, steps into the force. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's going to happen? Who knows? Man, that is going to be emotional. <laughs> well, it's like, I know that we're going to get something that's, like, going to blow our minds. Because I know that these wolves, like, this is Dave's dream. They wouldn't be in this in this entire series if they weren't extremely significant. Oh, yeah. You know? I think that goes without saying. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what what is it going to be? And I mean, obviously, we don't have the answers, but like we can theorize all these different things about mm-hmm. Caleb Doom. What do you think it means? I don't really know. Like, I honestly, I don't really have a good theory. I thought negatively, which I think is really weird. I was like, I, I know a lot of pe- like you. I don't think that you thought this way right away. I was like, oh, the the loath wolf is like saving Ezra from whatever happens to Kanan and it's going to be like negative or like Kanan is like a spy or something. I don't even know why my mind went there first. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That would be crazy. And and like, that's like immediately when I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy because the double meaning of doom and doom, it's like it, to me, it has to be negative. That's kind of why I was, that's probably why my mind went there is because like, Doom is just terrible. So, like, I, I'm like, what does that mean for Kanan's end? Is he going to turn against the ghost crew in, in its entirety? Is that why the Loth Wolf is only appearing to Ezra? And that's why no one can see him? Because I, I don't know. I just, I don't really have a theory. Just, but I'm telling you, that's where my mind went. And imagine if that happened. I'm imagining it. It, would, <laughs> it could happen. It would- it, it could happen. That would be really surprising. Yeah. What I've seen a lot of people talk about is that the Loth Wolf is some kind of incarnation of Kanan's master, Deepa. Yeah. That's that's the most popular thing I've seen floating around the internet. And I need to go back and reread the Kanan comics series. Um, I don't know if I'd love that theory. I don't think I'd hate it if that's what happened. I just don't it's think just it really, like, ties – yeah, I don't think it really ties that well into the overarching theme of the series. Yeah. Um, but again, if if Kanan starts having these, like, really intense visions of the for- – like, through the Force, I can see them bringing Deepa into that. Yeah. Um, and he – like, she's talking to him about how, you know, it was okay, like, basically forgiving him for running away. Mm-hmm. during the events of Order 66 and, like, giving him forgiveness for that. Um, and I feel like the the Loth Wolf would guide Kanan through that, almost. That's interesting. Um, I think that that – I think that's likely, like, Deepa appearing and saying, mm-hmm. like, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know how she fits in or if she does even fit in. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. So like many on thoughts. Mortis, on Mortis, when I mean, you can't think about anything mystical in Star Wars anymore. I think without referencing Mortis, so it's like mm-hmm. you think about Mortis and you think about how the entire thing is about balance, right? Um, like the you know, obviously, the whole thing is about the balance of the Force, and yeah. I do wonder if we're going to get something very similar mm-hmm. in Rebels. And I think we actually are, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, I'm just interested to see where that fits in now that we have Mortis and like that is basically an overarching theme throughout all of Star Wars at this point, right? That like where did the wolves also fit in in this sort of personification of the Force, I guess. Oh, man, what I like I what if Kanan has this like crazy vision mm-hmm. where we see all of these things from all aspects of Kanan? 
can- <laughs> of canon or canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Like, you hear Sun. All I'm thinking about is I want Sam Witwer back on Star Wars Rebels. Um, but you hear, like, Sun and Daughter, and you hear, um, like, the events of Order 66 happening, but then Kenan also sees what's to come too with Luke Skywalker and um, like even the, like Ray and Ky- and like everything that's going to happen, but he remembers it unlike Anakin, and so he knows that it's up to him to do this thing because he's the only one who can. That's crazy. I don't know if that's oh actually gosh. like I don't. The thing is, is that I feel like that places a lot of emphasis on Kanan. I just don't really see him being that character. To, like, have all that weight on him. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. But it's, it's like, like, the fact... I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, like, I don't see them going down that route. Like, if anything, yeah. I think that maybe Ezra would be the one to make that discovery. And then, like, forget it. Just like Anakin. You know? Mm-hmm. And and just because, like, the way that the storytelling works is that Ezra's the one discovering things. And not yeah. Kanan. No, I agree with you. I guess because this episode feels like such a setup episode for what's coming down the line and we end with Kanan mm-hmm. and this crazy loath wolf that appears out of nowhere, it, see- it almost seems like a mic drop. Um, yeah. And Kanan has been kind of absent from these episodes. Not, I mean, he's been there, but it's just like he's been the voice who's been like, something is coming. Something is coming. Yeah. And he's the only one really picking up on that. And Ezra is not so much. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I think you're right. Um, Let's talk about the characters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Lothwolf. <laughs> Until Bye. next week. <laughs> well, my name's Ezra. This is Kanan. That's Sabine and Zeb. It's nice to meet you, 7567. Actually, my name is Rex. Captain. 501st Clone Battalion. Okay characters so besides kanan and the loath wolf what character or characters stood out to you the most i mean this is now our fifth and sixth episode <laughs> of a sabine and ezra i know team up. <laughs> what uh... <laughs> that's kind of what i was gonna say too <laughs> yeah yeah no i know it was i know <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I love them. Okay, I, I'm, I'm backtracking because I'm not into the ship. I just really like them together. Like, I honestly like when they are sharing scenes and like jabbing jokes at each other. Wait, like, so it's you're great. not into the romantic ship. Anymore? I just don't think it's gonna happen. So I'm off that boat. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I genuinely like the. You abandoned ship. I abandoned that ship. <laughs> But not entirely. <laughs> Basically, Charlotte will love whatever they throw at her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, I don't feel like they've done anything else like they did in the first episode with Ezra and his whole, I'm, I'm here with Sabine. I mean, I'm not with her. Like, with her, with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, they haven't really done anything like that since. No. No, I, I think I'm with you. I um I've really been liking their their banter, like you said. I think yeah. the voice acting in these episodes was so good, especially with Tia Sakara and Taylor Gray. I thought they both did a great job. Um, like the quips were on point, and also the like more emotional moments when um, Ezra was like, "This is all my fault," and Sabine was like, "But we're here for you." And it, I thought I thought they all did a really great job. I completely agree. Like, I've been noticing recently, and I think this just has to do with, like, these voice actors identifying more and more with their character and, like, growing into the voice. And I think that it's really working right now. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it's almost over. But, like, I, I I, feel like it's they're really hitting their stride. And it's great. That's always what happens. That's like I know. The, it, ha- it happened even in the Clone Wars too. Like oh yeah, the voice acting at the end of season five with Anakin and Ahsoka was like hands down the best voice acting I've ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah, it was and so good. I feel the um, like I feel the emotion like I was standing there watching them mm-hmm. together and yeah, it I I react to it every time and I 
obviously these episodes in Rebels don't have that same kind of emotional weight as the end of Clone Wars. Not yet, anyway. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was incredibly well done. Same. Okay, so I want to talk about Ezra and this thing that I can't get out of my head. Do it. Um, So I've been trying to work out how we're in the sewer in the first episode, The Occupation, and, Mm -hmm. like, what that means metaphorically. And I think that they kind of drill into us that, like, Lothal is changed. Lothal is different. This is not the Lothal that Ezra left and knows. I mean, he even says that he's, like, it's changed. Like, I think I wrote down the quote. Hold on. It says, no, I've never even been here. Everything's changed. That's what he says to Zeb. Mm-hmm. And when Zeb is, like, don't you know this whole area? Like, aren't you a street rat um, in in the sewer? And I think that and when he denies that, I think it's it's really powerful because it's almost like this reversal and, like, everything is kind of thrown on its head. It, it, we The Ezra that we knew, which was the street rat, this guy who was above the sewer, right, is mm-hmm. we're now below and it's, like, so unfamiliar. And I, I'm just trying to, like, figure out, like, how – and I think that – I mean, it's just as simple as that metaphor, like, right? Like, he doesn't know anything. He's back in his home, but it's very unfamiliar. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think it's so interesting and, and I guess like I did just finish Stranger Things, which has a lot to do with (laughs) like the upside down and like alternate dimensions or like whatever, not necessarily dimensions, but like things are different in these different places that are the same. And I just think that there's something there about Ezra's growth that he's back in his home, but he actually doesn't know it at all. Well, I mean, you have the fact that before he was trained you know, in season one, he could go anywhere and do anything he wanted in Lothal because it was his home and he knew it. But now mm-hmm. he's left and he's come back with this all with all new training and he is a Jedi, more or less. Mm-hmm. But he now he has this huge deficit where the Empire has completely taken over. Uh, so it's almost like he's back where he started. It's just a different problem now. Like before he didn't know how to use his powers and he was just a kid, but now he's grown up and he you know, can use the force, but everything on Lothal has changed. Yeah, and there's no people on the street. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you all know, like, I recently binged in the entire Rebels. Like, it's fresh in my mind at this point about what Lothal looked like, and it was bustling with people, and there was fruit stands and everything. It was just like, I, it just looks so different, and everything is different, and so so is Ezra. Ezra has changed and evolved so much, and... Mm-hmm. Well, he- he even points it out with yeah. the wanted poster. He's like, I don't look like that anymore. And Sabine's yeah, like, like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sabine's like, that's good. <laughs> I'm but like, someone likes you, Ezra. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's like actually also pretty metaphorical, right? Is that Ezra can't even believe how much has changed, but Sabine is like, duh. <laughs> it's actually yeah. a good thing. Like, you've grown, you've matured, and like, you're you about don't to. want anyone to recognize you. <laughs> you. But, like, at the same time, it's like, okay, so if you think about Lothal that way, it's not it's not a good thing that, obviously, that Lothal mm-hmm. looks the way that it does now, but it does give Ezra a chance to, like, regain and come back his, like, homeland pride. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's – they were really driving that point home, and I think that, like, every single thing that – could have been a metaphor is a metaphor in these episodes about how much how much has changed including Sabine's hair oh yeah it's let's dark talk about now Sabine's hair. yeah which I found myself thinking about in this episode I was like how does she dye her eyebrows like where does she <laughs> do that on on the ghost maybe you she know? just like paints them <laughs> she gets the paintbrush out <laughs> yeah you know makeshift makeup yeah, but like yeah, everything so. has changed, and including mm-hmm. like Sabine has really regular hair now, and it's like, what does that mean? Is she like mourning a lot of what had happened to her previously on Mandalore? Is is she is that is that the artist's way of showing that that's still very present with her? Um, I don't know. It just it makes me sad that she doesn't have super colorful hair anymore. I think it's a maturity thing too. Yeah, but uh, it's sad. It's like it is sad, but everyone grows up. Yeah, but she's artistic, and I want her to express herself in her hair. <laughs> Maybe she's just expressing herself in other things. Yes, I know. But again, I'm just saying it's metaphorical. It has it to be. No, no, it is. It's like they're changing looks. 
mm-hmm. is really reminiscent and parallels the changing times. Yeah, everyone has a different look. Like, yeah. and w- we know from like following this animation process for years and years and years how difficult it is to like introduce a new costume and yes. like a whole new look. And I think that obviously they wouldn't do it if it didn't like matter. Complete- yeah, if it didn't matter. It's like this really does matter. We've been working towards this for so long. Mm hmm. That, of course, they would all change their appearances. Of course, like, Sabine would look different. Of course, Ezra would be extremely, like, confused about seeing his old photo of himself in in the wanted poster. It's just, like, it's it's really, really cool to me yeah. um, to see all these different things being rounded out. And, like, almost to your comment in the beginning about how, like, we don't really see these characters, like, take a breath. Um that was your negative, right? Yeah. About like mm-hmm. not really seeing them be like, oh my god, like we're here, and it took all this all this risk. I think that we saw a lot of that in just like um, small things, and I, I do wish that we saw more, but I I think that they're really trying to drive that point home. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. I do have a random thing that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Um. It's kind of a big deal, but the Imperial March inside the restaurant bar. I know. (laughs) I'm like, Empire has John Williams. Okay, so I think there was an episode in like season one or two where they steal or blow up a TIE fighter and they play that overhead. And it is like a rallying battle call is it okay because i could so i, I think they've done this before okay but i, I was hate trying it to remember and i was like whoa didactic sound whoa like it's star weird. wars it's star wars playing star wars what <laughs> so like uh. i don't I, I i just said i hate it and like i don't necessarily think i hate it like i, I need to backtrack <laughs> yeah i don't think i love it in universe um it is it's funny like the the composition is kind of funny um it's like more but like, it, did, it should never be funny it's more chi- childish yeah it's just like it just shouldn't be funny though like it's supposed to be scary <laughs> and it's not in that occasion yeah i guess it, it didn't bug me i don't love the end of universe music with john williams but it didn't the way they did doesn't bother me that much if that makes sense which i know it kind of doesn't but you know what? Take it as you will, listeners. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like neutral on it. I'll, I'll say that I'm neutral on it. I could take it or leave it, I guess. But I, I, if it's, if it came up a lot, then I think I'd have a problem with it. But it doesn't. So. Yeah, I be- so I believe like this was the second occasion that it came yeah. up. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But thanks for going down that rabbit hole with me. You're welcome. What were we talking about before? <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about Kanan and Hera. Um, Hard eyes. <laughs> yeah, and their little moment. Yeah. It was great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except ruined. <laughs> Except so ruined by Zeb. Thank you, Zeb. Yeah, it was it was a nice moment. I liked how they worked together, too. It was like Kanan sensed that people were coming, but then Hera was the one who was like, okay, they're gone. Like, she checked to make sure that they were gone. Working together. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah. And they just and they just held hands while they were waiting. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and it was, again, that was like the voice acting. Like, there was so much emotion behind what they were saying. Like, that's a movie, like, str- or that's a moment straight out of a live action film. Yeah, and, like, it was great. Movie, and, you know, and it's Vanessa Marshall like killed it, and she continues oh, to really like be amazing as Hera. Like it, it, her genuine love of the series kind of shows through. I think it really does. Yeah, it does. You can always see me. Oh. <laughs> Stop it! Uh, I knew that scene was coming, and it's. I still freaked out and blushed and rewound. <laughs> <laughs> So any other oh, characters you want to talk about? There was something else I wanted to mention, but I can't remember. I do like how they brought up Saw in this episode. Yeah, me too. And it's from Ezra because he's the one that's kind of rolling it over in his head about what Saw was saying and who really is right in the situation. It's something that he's still thinking about. So I really liked how they brought him up. 
Mm-hmm. Me too. And I think that's like, we talked about this before in a previous episode, but I, I hope that he comes up again um, and continues mm-hmm. to come up because I think that it's clear that Ezra's still kind of confused and conflicted and, you know, questioning some things. Um, and I kind of want that thought process to continue to show. Yeah, especially because my Mothma basically said that you're on your own now. And mm-hmm. I can see a situation where they get into really dire straits in Lothal and they're trying to get Mon Mothma to send help. And Mon Mothma is like, I can't. And it's actually Saw who comes and helps them. And Saw's like, look, Mon Mothma wouldn't help you. Oh, my God. And, and I did. just like creating a bigger divide between the two mm-hmm. like factions. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lucasfilm should hire us. We're like, I know, I know. Some great, great story ideas. Like all these crazy conspiracy <laughs> theories. That's what Fulcrum Files is, though. Like, us- is going to meet Ahsoka, Ahsoka. in the <laughs> Somehow, always like sp- spiraling out of control to talk about the ending of the series. I know. Which <laughs> we're spiraling towards faster than ever. It seems we only have two weeks left of episodes. What? For this year. Oh my god. Yeah, the 13th, right? November 13th? Yes. Why is this? Why? Why? It's come by really fast, and that both excites me and stresses me out. Yes, me too. Um, oh okay, but I think that's going to wrap up our discussion for today on this episode of Sky Talkers Fulcrum Files. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Sky Talkers Pod. On Instagram at Skytalkers Podcast, and you can find all of our episodes on our website, skytalkers.com, and wherever you can get podcasts. Um, we would love if you gave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us. Like, seriously, it does. It um, does. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> um, but thank you to everyone who has reviewed us. Uh, if you are keeping up with our main show, we just finished our hashtag Skytalkers machete with The Force Awakens. So that is up on our main feed. Whoa, that was a really fun discussion to have. So definitely check it out and let us know what you think. And if you are interested in supporting us on Patreon, we actually just uploaded our uh, October bonus episode, which was all about where fans access Star Wars for the first time. So it was a really fun, dis- it was fun. It was an interesting discussion too, because Charlotte and I have a lot of thoughts about it. So if you're interested in hearing that, you can head on over to our Patreon. I just want to thank our patrons Amy, BJ, Brandon, Chuck, Dean, Emma, Aaron, Jim, Kyle, Lynn, Neil, Ryan, Cherie, and Suara. Thank you so much for supporting us. It means the world. Um, And thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. We love talking Star Wars with you guys. If we don't say that enough, it really is a privilege and a pleasure to be sharing our Star Wars thoughts with all of you. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. And that's going to wrap it up. And may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Don't forget to thank Dave Filoni on your way out, and we'll see you next time.